Coming up today on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. The Bible is really clear about grumbling and complaining, right? Having a friend or a coworker to talk to is one thing, but if you're constantly complaining about the job, you either have to address the issues or figure out a way to move on. If the good outweighs the bad, then focus on the good and give thanks for the parts that are really good. The Dr. Linda Mental Show is next. everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host, Chris Weigel, and every weekend we're here, we're doing life together, and as always, we're so glad you've joined us. Dr. Linda, this is one of those weekends where we have soccer, we have, of course, church, we have, uh, well, this show, and it's everything going on this weekend, and I propose that we take Monday and Tuesday to recover from the weekend prior. Uh, we have to have to get people in our bosses <laughs> good with that, but it sounds like a really good idea. Yeah, who do you talk to in the federal government to to uh, set up for a four day weekend? <laughs> that sounds like a lifelong job <laughs> to figure that out. That's right. Well, and you know, speaking of uh, a long hard weekend, it has a lot to do with work, and we've talked about our work here on the program before. We love what we do, but some jobs have been in the past a little more challenging than others. Isn't that true? I mean, I've worked for many organizations over the years where, you know, some of them, Chris, were pretty healthy, Mm -hmm. and it was a joy to go into the office every day. And then there were others that made it hard to just feel good about being there even maybe one day a week. Right, yeah. But, you know, here's the thing, wherever God places us, Challenging or not, we have to honor God in the process. That's right. You've uh, mentioned this before, and you've told us many times that we are not responsible for how other people behave, but we are responsible for how we respond. I'll tell you, though, some bosses and coworkers can make your life miserable if you let them. Yes. And so the challenge really is for that is to respond, like you said, in a Christ-like way. So just what you said, we can't control other people but we do have control over our reaction to them. So no matter how difficult those people are on the job, we have to look inward. We have to look at our own heart. And complaining and constantly putting people down who are difficult, it's easy to do, Chris, but it's just not a right attitude. And so that said, we have to really guard our heart and our attitude or we'll end up being even more miserable at our job. That's right. And part of the purpose today on the program is to help identify signs that you may be moving towards hating or at least disliking your job. And if that's the case, we might need to do a little attitude correction or maybe even find another place to work. I would highly recommend that if that's the case, you really pray about making a change. You listen to the Holy Spirit in that process as well. And maybe you are in a job there. Maybe you're in this very difficult situation because you're supposed to be there to encourage other people. Or maybe you're the one who holds the line in a difficult work situation. Or maybe you're bringing a moral perspective to the leadership. Maybe the difficult job is for you to work on your own response, as we were talking about, to other people. You know, the Lord could be using that difficult job to refine us. Ouch. 
I don't think I like that one. Yeah, that's not the fun you? part. No, <laughs> it is not. Or maybe you're seeing things that indicate you need a change and you know it's time to move. And that's OK, too. Mm-hmm. Well, whatever the case, let's look at signs that might tell you that you are not liking your job and need to think about what's going on. And remember, there's no perfect job or dream team of leadership. At least I don't think there is. I think we all have flaws and every job has periods of you know rough patches. I once had a really, really difficult boss, Chris, but I didn't feel at peace about leaving. And eventually that boss was removed and a better one came in, Mm. which made all the difference. So my patience was really needed in that case. That's right. In some cases, you might be doing a great job. And so you get more responsibility, which then requires more hours. And that can be stressful and then make the job harder. Or when you have to learn new skills because of new roles or new technology. I mean, that can be stressful, too. The job might just be getting harder, but not necessarily worse. I think it's really important to realize that difference. Yeah, a lot of times you have to learn new skills because so-and-so won't do it. Ever been there? (laughs) Well, now it sounds like you're getting into the complaining part of that. Uh, That's right. That's that's what we're not supposed to do. That's That's right. right. (laughs) Thanks for demonstrating. Right. Okay, so let's pick this apart. Are you really hating your job, or has it become more challenging? And how do you decide to stay or move on? And that's something that I struggle with all the time because I work a lot in the technology side of broadcasting. And sometimes things are really challenging. And I say to myself, you know what? I'm not cut out for this. I need to find something else to do. But it's just a challenge. It doesn't mean I need to go find a new profession. And I don't think you're alone in that. I think a Mm. lot of people, whether in technology or some other type of a job, have those feelings on a regular basis. So here's a really easy telltale sign. If every Sunday night you begin to dread Monday morning, but then even more so every night of the week becomes that Sunday night, you're probably in trouble. I dread Monday morning all week. I I don't know what that means. (laughs) We could probably look at that at a different show. I'm not sure what that means. but (laughs) That is a warning sign because when you work a job you love or at least like, uh, you don't mind going to work. I think most of us feel a little bit of twinge that the weekend's over. Mm, That's pretty normal. And and we have to face our Monday morning to-do list. But when you dread going into work every day, I guess that's what we're saying. If Mm -hmm. it's this feeling of dread, I think there's a real problem. So pay attention to this and try to figure out why you're having that reaction. Warning sign number two is you have a lot of new physical problems, more aches and pains that weren't there a few months ago. And when that happens, you really want to look for a connection between your mood and your body. So you all know that I I work in an osteopathic school. We're always talking about mind, body, and spirit, how it's all connected. Is your sleep being affected? Is your appetite changed? Sometimes this indicates that there might be a bit of a depression beginning to happen. But you're saying not to blame the job, right? Right. If everything else in your life has stayed the same, it could be that the stress, the challenges of the job are just really starting to get to you. Just look at that. Of course, physical problems can come totally unrelated to a job, but a difficult job can contribute to your health and your mental health in negative ways, too. Here's a sign that I hear about you lose excitement for your job. You know, that one is tricky. I was just thinking about that when you said that. I worry about how much we fill our lives with thrills and excitement. You know, our culture is always full of ways to constantly stimulate you. And maybe that could spill over to a job. And when that's the case, you need to seriously think about your expectations for the job. Why are you there? Is this God's provision for you right now? 
Are there reasons you stay, even if it's not the most exciting? Maybe there are good health benefits or you're getting college courses paid for. You know, not everything we do, Chris, should be based on thrills and feelings. You know, I feel like a lot of times you hear grown men say this, that they don't have any satisfaction in their job. You know, I don't feel feel fulfilled and there's no satisfaction. I think we should remember that just a generation or two before us, there were men who worked in factories. There were men who worked in coal mines. They were farmers. They didn't like their job at all, but they had a family to provide for. And I think that in some cases, especially men, have forgotten that. I think we need, speaking of an adjustment, we should start thinking along those lines. Actually, Dr. Linda, here's something else. Uh, maybe we could do a, a pros and cons list that could serve as a reminder of why you took the job. You know, I like that idea because when you do a pros and cons list, it really clearly helps you look at why you are making the decisions you are. Maybe the money isn't great, but you have purpose and you're using your God-given talents. Or maybe you've been skating in the job and you're not willing to challenge yourself and you stay because it's really comfortable mm. and it's easy. And it's low stress. Right. Some of us need a push out the door, even when we sense God is getting us ready for a new challenge. And the danger is if you stay just because it's easy and comfortable, you risk burnout. Again, these decisions need to be really informed by prayer. Whenever I changed jobs, I wanted to know that this was God's plan for me. I didn't want to run away from a challenge or become so comfortable I would move or challenge myself to do better. So what can you do if you need more of a challenge at the job? No, I would just look around and see if there's someone who needs mentoring or maybe be proactive and create a new project if you're able to do that. Get others interested in a cause or a charity or something that brings purpose to your job or maybe ask to take on a new task. It's easy just to become very passive when we're unhappy instead of thinking creatively how we can make the job more interesting. Well, this by far wasn't the case about 10 minutes ago, but I'm feeling so much better about being the co-host on the Dr. Linda Mendel Show. Trust me. And <laughs> we have job. <laughs> <laughs> and we have many more tips to go. Stay with us as we take a short break. More to come on the Dr. Linda Mendel Show. Are your priorities all out of line? Are you running through the kitchen because the sight of dishes in the sink is more than you can bear? Or avoiding the laundry room for fear a pile of dirty jeans will jump up and grab you? Are extra hours spent at work or outside commitments taking a toll on your home and family? Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel, the Relationship Doctor. And if this sounds anything like your house, you may have a priority problem. Getting your priorities in line might feel like trying to rein in a bucking bronco, but it can be done. Here are a few keys. Take small steps. Don't try to attack laundry and housekeeping all at once. Spread the work out and enlist the help of family members. And don't put things off. Piling another dish and a cup in the sink won't help. Instead, try and stay ahead by handling cleaning up more regularly. Look, we all have occasions when we have to hurry off and leave a job or two undone. But if this is your habit, you may need a priority adjustment. And you can do it one step at a time. Everyone worries, don't they? Well, just listen to the nightly news or read the economic forecast or even talk to your family. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel. Opportunities to worry present themselves many times during our day. So why would God tell us not to worry when it almost seems like it's impossible? First, he knows the physical damage worry does to our bodies. Second, he wants to calm us down by taking the burden of control away from us. Hey, we don't have control. No matter how much we think we do, he does. 
And third, he wants us to trust him. The root of worry is doubting God. Doubt is not trusting that God is who he says he is, or he will do what he says he will do. So every day, take your worries to God. Rehearse his goodness, accept his grace, and walk in the confidence that he is in control and he's working all things for your good. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. And just a reminder that you can follow Dr. Linda on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Linda Mental and on Facebook, Dr. Linda Mental author and speaker. And you can also listen to the podcast on MyFaithRadio.com or on your favorite podcast platforms like iTunes. Just search Dr. Linda Mental podcast or go to MyFaithRadio.com. And if you just joined us, we are talking today about warning signs that may indicate you are starting to not like your job and how that might influence your decision to stay or to go. And in fact, Chris, we sent our technical producer, Dylan Valencia, we'll hear a little bit more from in later shows as well. We sent him out in the street to talk to people and find out how they knew what are the signs of not liking your job. Hi there, this is Dylan Valencia, the technical producer for the Dr. Linda Mental Show. I recently went out and did a man-on-the-street interview to find out how people know when it might be time to find a new job. Let's take a listen. You are not looking forward to going to work. I was working at a fast food restaurant last summer. I, I felt very stressed out having to go to work, work with people who didn't put in their full effort. You want to work with people who will push you to become better. Whenever I really just start dreading going to work. And I think that that just really affected me, but it also affected like the quality I was able to give in my work. And I knew I wasn't giving the best to the organization at that point, and that it was time to move on and look for something new where I could give my best and have the best attitude possible. I would say an early warning sign would be that you're doing a lot more work than you're supposed to, and you're not being paid enough for it try to apply for another job once you get the job offer come back to your original boss and negotiate saying that i'm doing a lot of work i would like to get paid more if the boss refuses go to the other job if he actually negotiates with you and has a higher salary stay if you are at a job and there are no opportunities to learn that might be a sign that you may need to leave that environment it's important to feel like you have the ability to acquire new skills Wow. Well, we got some phenomenal answers from some amazing people. Back to you, Dr. Linda and Chris. Wow, those people are really good at this. In fact, that one man that talked, Chris, we need to hire mm. him as our agent. Yeah, we'll He's take all him. about negotiation. We'll take him. Yeah, he, he might really make a good deal for us. <laughs> he could make something happen for us. That's right. <laughs> those were good. And Dylan does a great job of going out and getting just some great folks to, uh, to comment on what we're talking about on the show. But I do have this question. What if you feel like you're not as good at your job as you used to be? Well, this can happen with all the technology changes. Do you know that the other day I actually stopped and counted how many platforms I had to learn to do my job right now? I counted 17 platforms. Oh, let's see. Microsoft, you have Office. Like WebEx, yeah, Canvas, right. <laughs> Teams, Kaltura. I mean, it just goes on and on. And I, I just tell you what, it's really challenging to stay up and to learn all that. So you have to become what we get told in academia all the time is the lifelong learner. A lifelong learner never stops. I've heard coworkers say that they just don't feel as engaged or they find themselves making mistakes they normally wouldn't make. I think that has a lot to do with stress for a lot of us. And managing stress is certainly needed. 
And sometimes when I get to that point where I'm, I'm struggling, I'm trying to get engaged and I'm making mistakes, I simply stop and pray. Lord, help me understand this new thing. Or I look for opportunities to train or get more education in a new area. But, you know, if you feel like your job is moving faster than you are, uh, you could explore a new change. I actually like the challenge of learning new things, but I know that not everybody feels that way, and it just puts a lot of stress on some people. Right. That's when you end up doing their job because they get complacent and, and don't do anything. You're on that doing the job for somebody else. I know. <laughs> it's that's, bothering you. That's, I can hear it in the show. <laughs> that's the one thing I keep going back to. <laughs> but here's one that I think that's really big, a sign to either reset in your job or move on. If you spend a lot of time venting about work. And the thing about this is I think I like to complain a lot anyway. So, you know, I think Sharon will hear me at home saying things like, you know, Dr. Linda is this and Dr. Linda is that. <laughs> so it could just be me complaining. I need to talk to Sharon. Yeah. yeah well, I do that anyway. I mean, let, right. let's see. Whether I like my work or not, because I'm always analyzing things. Mm -hmm. But my husband was over here rolling his eyes when uh, we heard this, <laughs> because I think your point is a really good one. Griping is mm, not good. Right. And it's not biblical. The Bible is really clear about grumbling and complaining, right? So now, having a friend or a coworker to talk to is one thing, but if you're constantly complaining about the job, you either have to address the issues or figure out a way to move on. Again, if the good outweighs the bad, then focus on the good and give thanks for the parts that are really good. Here's a free tip. I think if you find someone at work who does this, if they are constantly saying something about the boss or about the way we do things around here, you need to stay away from them. Yeah, that's called social contagion. It's contagious if they do that. Right. It just brings everyone down. And really, you need to limit your time with those people because they are everywhere. What if you find yourself with concentration problems? I mean, you can't seem to pay attention or engage. It might not be stress. It actually could be depression when you're dealing with that. Lack of concentration is a depression symptom. And something people notice when they feel depressed. They also notice a change in their energy. That's another sign of depression. So if you feel like it takes so much energy to do your work, that's a warning sign that maybe you need to either make a change or you need to get some help. Because you will slow down, you will make mistakes, and you won't have enough energy left over to do other things. Again, get at the root of what's going on in your life that is making you feel that way. Poor concentration, low energy, lack of excitement and such. This could lead to trying to get through these things by using substances that you probably would rather not use. That's right. If you find yourself eating a lot of cookies at work, which isn't exactly a substance, but we do that, right? <laughs> or choosing comfort foods to calm yourself down, or you find yourself, like you were saying, Chris, at the happy hour to relax, you had more problems to your life. And I have to tell you that so many people turn to alcohol and food and now cannabis mm. to calm down. And these are not healthy ways to cope. And we certainly saw this during the pandemic. Better to take care of your stress by doing things like exercise, helping others, spending time in prayer. Take your burdens to the Lord. Make your requests known. God will help you if you invite him into your struggles. He wants to help. Hmm. He wants to give you peace. He wants to direct your life. You have to ask him and turn to him. That's true. And, you know, I know money isn't everything, but what if you haven't had a raise in a long time? That can be discouraging. This is tricky because, again, you have to think about what is important and also, are you overspending? Maybe that's why you need the raise. But you do need enough money in a job to cover your expenses. And if you're struggling, you may want to look for something that pays better. During difficult economic times, 
raises probably have been hard to come by in most companies. And you have to remember that money doesn't determine your worth. So again, just consider all the benefits of a job before you make a decision to change. We hear a lot about life balance. And what if the job is robbing you of time away from your family and even from being involved in your church? That's a priority issue. If your boss is demanding that you work 12-hour days, you have a family, you're going to pay a price with your family. I would not put money over your important relationships and certainly not over your relationship with God. Well, on that note, we need to take a break. But when we come back, what is the role of work in our lives and what is the spiritual perspective? Being a generous person can have big benefits for you. Giving your time or your money or even your talent to someone else can obviously help the receiver. But did you know that being generous can roll some positive benefits back on you? This is Dr. Linda Mintel, the Relationship Doctor, and I'm here to share some of the benefits of generosity. Lower blood pressure, reduced stress, a better mood, and even longer life have been identified as benefits of being generous. That's right, physical and mental improvements for you just because you choose to extend something to someone else. What can you give? Your time, your talent, your support, oh, and yes, your money. You see, hoarding money like Scrooge may seem good for your wallet, but it's not so great for your health. One recent study actually showed that stingy behavior increases stress. So take a minute and just ask, what do I have that I can share? Then be generous and see how good you feel when you share something you have with someone else. You are listening to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and Dr. Linda has written numerous books that you can find on her website or online. Check out her website, drlindamental.com, and remember that our podcast can be listened to or shared anytime. Just go to myfaithradio.com or your favorite podcast platform. And Dr. Linda, before we talk more about the role of work in our lives, what help can you give us to help us like our jobs more? I think first decide if you really think it's time to make a change. And if so, start looking. If not, you have to make peace with the problems and learn to handle them in a way that is honoring to God and other people. I think, Chris, if you change your attitude, that can do wonders to make the work actually better. If you decide to stay, then focus on those positives that we talked about. So in other words, change your perspective. Yes. Oz Guinness, who I read his book, The Call, it was life-changing for me at a certain part of my life. I was younger, and I, I read that book, and it really made a difference in the way I view my work. Guinness says, our primary calling as followers of Christ is by him, to him, and for him. We are called to someone, that would be God, not to something. We should think, speak, and live entirely for him. In other words, we're first called to Christ, and everything we do comes from that calling, including our work. So is it a mistake to separate your work life and spiritual life? They both have to do with calling and aren't necessarily separate. And boy, we see that, don't we? We see yep. people acting like one way at work, and then they go to church, and they're all spiritual. <laughs> and suddenly on Monday morning, they're, they're the people you want to avoid. Right. You know, so Guinness goes on to say that we are not primarily called to do something or go somewhere, but we're called to someone. So I think that's just really critical. First, we're called to God. And he says we're never happier than when we are expressing the deepest gifts that are truly us. And God normally calls us in the line of our gifting. He tells us to do what we are. 
So part of what he's saying here, Chris, is that if you're called to somebody who is God, Mm -hmm. then everything that you do is going to flow out of that. And in our biblical understanding, gifts are not really for ourselves anyway. We are stewarding God's gifts, using them to bring glory to God and accomplish his purposes for our lives. And that can happen in our jobs, right? Mm, Right. So calling is comprehensive, meaning it affects all parts of our life. It is a blessing when you find work that fits your calling. But whatever you do in word or deed, do it all unto the Lord. Remember, we sang that together as Mm. a doxology in our church. It's true, whatever you do. It's that audience of one that we talk about a lot. Yeah, so whatever we do, we need to keep that into perspective. We aren't performing just for a boss. Rather, how we treat others, our attitude, all of that needs to be pleasing to that audience of one. And I find that personally very convicting. I do, too. Like I said, I complain about things too much, especially when it comes to work, because it's so easy to get wrapped up in the problems of the job, and then we lose sight of this. Uh, You know, when it comes to people at work, there are so many different dynamics. What happens when you feel envious of others who have great jobs? Well, envy isn't the same as aspirations or even ambition, but it is one of the deadly sins because it doesn't end well. That's why it's called deadly. Mm, True. (laughs) You know, Thomas Aquinas says envy is sorrow at another's good. Isn't that a great definition? Mm, It is. is. Sorrow at another's good. Boy, that's something we don't want to harbor in our hearts. Envy just leads to unhealthy competition on the job because it's comparative And yet we all have a specific purpose that is unique to each one of us. You know, another problem that I see with uh, with people is this constant pursuit of money. I think we can safely say that that pursuit is probably insatiable. Right. I mean, you rarely hear people say, "Okay, I have enough money. I'm good. (laughs) But you have to be careful with the goal of making money because it can't buy the deepest things that we desire. Can't purchase God. Can't purchase eternity. So if you make money a God, it really is a problem. And we all know from the scripture that it's not having money, but it's the love of money that we are warned against. So if making money consumes you, that's really a problem. Is the solution to get back on track to remember your calling to Christ? I mean, get back to the purpose God has for you? I think that's a really good way to put it. Calling keeps us continuing our journey and our purpose and our meaning. So many people lack this today. Work just feels empty for a lot of people, like drudgery. We need to ask, where does God want me? Is this my provision for now? And then seek his call in our lives. One of the best pieces of advice I've ever heard in terms of choosing a job is to consider, where can I have the most influence for the kingdom of God? That's a good question to ask because it gets at the meaning and purpose, not just money and power. You know, Guinness reminds us as followers of Christ that we are called to be before we are called to do. So think about that. Mm. Called to be before we're called to do. And our calling, both to be and to do, is fulfilled only by being called to Him. Vocations don't end even when occupations do. We can become unemployed, but no one becomes uncalled. So what you're saying is, if you are frustrated at your job, regroup. Take the time to pray and ask God to help you see the purpose that He has for you. So if you struggle with a job today, know that the caller sees you and knows your heart. He has uniquely gifted you to be used in his plan. Seek him. Do not fall for the idea that vocation and calling are separate. You are called to him first, and out of that calling, everything else flows, including your work. 
Well, that's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer, Norm Mintel, our engineer, and my co-host, Chris Weigel, who makes the show a conversation, and to our technical producer, Dylan Valencia. From all of us here at Faith Radio, hey, we'll talk to you next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.